Welcome to the Vision Church Podcast. We are so excited to have you with us. We hope this message will encourage and inspire you to walk out your God-given vision. Now here's today's message. Well, would you turn in your Bibles this morning over to the book of Romans chapter 12. Woohoo! Romans chapter 12. I want to talk to you this morning about conditioning. Not physical conditioning, not exercise, not working out, but spiritual conditioning Hmm. in the mind, in the heart. And I looked up that word conditioning. I know there's some other um, types of conditioning, but I just looked up the word conditioning. Let Let me read the definition of conditioning to you. It says this, the process of training or accustoming a person or animal to behave a certain way or to accept certain circumstances I feel like I need to read that again conditioning the process of training or accustoming a person or an animal to behave in a certain way or to accept certain circumstances and let me say this as I get started the devil is not a opposite of God okay he he is darkness and God is light but he is a created being God is king Jesus is king. Okay, so what that means is the devil is not Satan. He's not omnipresent. He doesn't have a lot of the, abil- the abilities that God has. Okay, so, what, so he uses a lot of different tools to try and entangle us, try and bring us into a stronghold. And one of those is conditioning. Think about this. This is the demonic strategy, is that he attempts to condition you so that you will habitually live in a certain way. And then his hope is that he'll condition you so much that you'll begin to condition those around you. And condition their faith. Condition the way they live and what they believe. Tell me it's not so. And then, well, think about this. Okay, everybody knows Kanye West dropped an album that shocked the United States of America, right? I mean, he shocked the world. Jesus is king. And if you go and you, one of the things that I do, if somebody asks me, hey, is this a Christian album? Show me the lyrics. I want to read the lyrics. Because if I can read the lyrics, then I know whether or not they line up with the word of God. And and it's been amazing, you know, to read his lyrics, to hear his songs and go, wow, this guy has had an encounter with God. Well, he did an interview with Joel Osteen. It's about 20 minutes long. It's on YouTube. And during that interview, he made a statement that really stood out to me. He said this. He said, the Christians around me were too, I would say, beaten into submission by society. That's an interesting statement. Beaten into submission by society to not speak up and profess the gospel to me because I was a superstar. When Jesus is the only superstar. Come on. Can I get an amen on that one? Yeah. So here's my point, is that the enemy wants to do everything that he can to keep you from living the kind of life that God designed you to live. Especially your faith. Your faith scares the enemy. Why? Because he knows that if you get a hold of who you really are on the inside of you, who God has created you to be, and you step out in faith and you begin to lay hands on the sick and they recover, you begin to cast out demons, you begin to take up serpents and they can't harm you. Why? Because these signs are following the believer. You're the believer, right? How many of you believers in here? Okay, good. Good. That's most of you. 
the rest of you, I know you just didn't raise, you were embarrassed, didn't want to raise you. It's okay. You're a believer, right? But, but see, the enemy wants to stop you from using faith, from growing in faith. This is why he practices conditioning, is he wants to condition your life. But, what, but what's the Bible say? It says that we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. So we don't want to be ignorant in here this morning. We want to understand what is it that the enemy tries to use so that I cannot, only, I cannot just uh, be the uh, part-time Christian. I can be a full-time Christian. You know, we got too many people that are looking for a full-time position when God just wants us to be a full-time Christian. Would you just be a full-time Christian? Because so, I, 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 so many people I've met, oh man, to be in full-time ministry. You're in full-time ministry. Raise your right hand. Yeah. Is this your right hand? Okay. Lord, thank you. I'm in full-time ministry. Say that. Okay, you're sworn in, baby. You're a full-time Christian. You're in the full-time ministry. Ministry is happening all around us, isn't it? Look at this. I read this and it blew me away. This is uh, Dennis Franklin um, Kinlaw, and he was the former president of Asbury College. He went home to be with the Lord. Uh, but listen to what he said. This is so interesting. Talking about the way the enemy uh, uses this, you know, talk about beating, be, being beaten into society or into the culture of society. He says this, Satan disguises submission to himself under the ruse of personal autonomy. He never asks us to become his servant. Never once did, he, did the serpent say to Eve, I want to be your master. The shift in commitment is never from Christ to evil. It is always from Christ to self. Huh. And instead of his will, self-interest now rules, and what I want reigns, and that is the essence of sin. Isn't that like the devil? Man, to commit a crime and then pin it on somebody else? Isn't that just like him? He, he is so crafty. He is such a deceiver. But we're not deceived, right? We're not the kind of people that are going to be indoctrinated. What did Jesus say? He said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Why? Because it's false teaching, right? And so we should be balancing what we hear by the word of God. No scripture, not scriptural. Because you should be able to confirm it, right? You should be able to confirm it in his word. So I can't talk about conditioning without talking about uh, hair conditioning, hair, hair conditioner. You ever used hair conditioner before? That's for people that actually have hair, okay? So I don't use conditioner for that reason. <laughs> the comb does not have a hard time getting through my hair. So I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that, but vulnerable, right? Okay, so here's the purpose of hair conditioning is it reduces friction between the strands of hair, allowing the brush or the comb to flow through it, right? Well, guess what? The enemy, or not the enemy, sorry, the Holy Spirit is our conditioner. Come on, he conditions our heart, conditions our mind. Why? So he can flow through us without problem. Man, thank you, Jesus. So with that, I want to give you three ways to condition your faith this morning. Three ways to condition your faith. And some of you got some nice faith hair, huh? Wish I had that kind of faith hair. Glory to God. Here's number one. In order to condition our faith, we have to change the input. Change the input. Let me tell you, what comes in is what goes out, right? So I brought a little illustration here. 
have a little podium jar, and I'm going to set my jar right here up on top of this little podium. Now, notice inside the jar, we have a bunch of white balls, right? So let's say that all these white balls, well, first of all, you notice there's a different color one, right? There's a little orange one in there. So let's say the orange one represents your faith. Man, you have invested time in the Word of God, and this represents your faith, the kind of faith that has been deposited in your heart, right? And, but the other balls, the white balls, they represent other input, other things that have come into your eyes, into your ears, and they've gone down into your heart. And so here's what happens for a lot of people. A lot of people, they experience challenges. They, they're faced with situations, and they, they, and they reach down deep into their heart to pull out their faith. And they go, oh no. That's not what I was looking. Okay, wait a minute. Let's try another one. Oh man, it's got to be in here somewhere. What was that scripture? Wait a minute. What do we need to do? You know what? I think we need to hire a lawyer. I think we need to call somebody. Let's, man, let's see what we can do to, to and you start trying to take care of the situation the way you've already, you've always taken care of it. And over and over, the situation doesn't get taken care of, right? Because why? Because your faith. You're looking for your faith. And you go, wait, I know what's in here. Whoa, wait a minute. I found it. Pray. Man, we ought to get together and pray. Let's pray about this situation. What happens? Faith arises. Now, let's say the opposite is true. Let's say the orange ball represents other input. But the white ball represents your faith. Man, you're getting up in the morning and you're saying, God, I thank you that I've been created in your image. I thank you, Lord, that I'm a new man, new creation in Christ Jesus. All that old stuff has passed away. The devil has no more hold on my life. Why? Because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And, and you face the situation and you say, you know what? Glory to God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Father, I just speak to this situation. I thank you, God. Come on. I speak to this cancer in Jesus' name. I command it to dry up. I cast out devils. I speak with other tongues. Thank you, God. Faith. So, man, you've got to change the input in your life. Look at your neighbor. Say, change the input. Now, why are you trying to change the input? Is you want to align your belief with God's beliefs. You want to align what you believe with what his word says. Let me give you a couple of examples. Let's think about this. Turn over to John chapter 10. It'll be on the screen if you, if you don't have your Bible. But John chapter 10, verse 10 says this. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So there's three, oh, red on blue. Yeah, we're patriotic. So <laughs> there's three reasons the enemy comes. Steal, kill, destroy. So if you have something going on in your life that has to do with stealing, killing, and destroying, who is that from? How do we know that? The Bible says it. The thief is Satan. That's the devil, the enemy, right? But then look at what Jesus went on to say. He said, but I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. So think about this. Is God a good God. Have you heard people talk about this before? Well, you know, sometimes God uses tragedy, you know, to really 
help me help teach you something. Was it Jesus that blew that tornado through that trailer park and knocked all the trailers over, leveled everything? I mean, was is it the enemy that is, is it Jesus that comes to steal, kill, and destroy? Not according to this verse, not according to John 10 10. So the whole point from this verse is that God is good. And he's not good just some of the time. He's good all the time. All right. You're not fully convinced yet. Well, consider this. There's a, there's a, I heard about this family that they tragically lost their son. So they came up with the phrase that their whole family could say together so that they could keep their faith, so that they could stay in faith. Here was the phrase. Don't exchange what you do not know for what... I'm sorry. Do not... Can I start again? A little bit. Do not exchange what you do know for what you do not know. Don't exchange what the Bible says for what your experience is trying to tell you. All right, let's go a little deeper. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, verse 30. All right, Matthew 15, verse 30. Listen to what it says. It says, a vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. And they laid them before Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He healed them. How many did he heal? He healed all of them. In the, in the NIV, it says, or in the NLT, it says, he healed them all. Every person. I don't know about you, but I've, I've been searching the Gospels, and I can't find a place where Jesus didn't heal them all. The only place I saw was when he went to his hometown. But that was because of their faith. They were offended at him. And it said that Jesus could do, do no miracles there. Why? Because of their faith. But I never found a place where Jesus said, no, no, God doesn't want to heal you. He wants to teach you something through that leprosy. Why don't you hold on to that leprosy just a little longer? Well, I, got a, I got an important question. What is God going to teach a person through them being sick? Now, they may learn something while being sick. I don't, think, I don't have everybody on the page yet. They may learn something while they happen to be sick, but what is God's plan for their life? To heal them. Heal them all. Okay, so that's the point, is that Jesus is the healer, and his, he wants to heal them all. Well, consider this. Say, well, you know, Phil, sometimes healing is for, you know, I believe for some people, but sometimes, you know, uh, you know this is, that was the Old Testament or that. That was in Bible days. I don't know that that's always for today. Think about this. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Look at verse 2. There's a leper that comes to Jesus. And he said, Lord, if you are willing. Now notice this question. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. This guy knows that Jesus is able. That's not the question. Oh, he's heard about him. I mean, why would he be seeking him out? Why would the leper come to Jesus, because he's heard about him. Man, he heard it. He was in this city. He healed this leper. He healed this person. He, he healed all the time. And then he heard all the testimonies. And now Jesus is in his hometown. And he comes to him and says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And look at what Jesus' response is. Because I believe this is where a lot of people are. Well, I believe God is able. But I, I don't know if he wants to do it for me. That's what the leper is saying. I know you're able. I've seen you do miracles with everybody else, but are you willing to do it for me? Jesus reaches out his hand and touches him. And what's the first three words Jesus says? 
I am willing. I'm telling you. Okay, so Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he's the same yesterday and today, wouldn't he be the same today? Wouldn't that be the same will for him today? Phil, you don't understand. Uh, you know, this tragedy happened in my life. This person died in my life. This person I loved died. Th this happened. They got sick. Things got worse. This got worse. Does that change what was written? Sometimes we need to say what that family said. I'm not going to change what I do know for what I do not understand. It's okay. I'm going to let that set there for effect. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here's my question. What are you basing your faith on? Are you basing it on the word of God? Or are you basing it on experiences? What your experience has been? Because there's a temptation there. When you haven't experienced God's goodness yet. Then man it, it's time to believe him. For his goodness. Well Phil you don't understand the tragedy that I've experienced I really love the story of Chris Kilala because Chris Kilala wrote an amazing song called Miracles. And the chorus says, I believe in you, I believe in you, you're the God of miracles. But a lot of people may not know that, that he and his wife had lost a baby. Their baby had died. And so their faith was tested. See, your faith is tested in tragedy. My pastor who taught me healing growing up, uh, all through church, all of my life. And I learned healing from him. He died at 57, cancer of the throat. And I had to come to a place personally where I said, I had to make up my mind, am I going to choose to believe what the Bible says or am I going to choose to change my mind because that experience negates what God said. Man, it, it doesn't. Don't let, allow the enemy to shake you off of your faith. Choose to base what you believe on the word of God. And don't allow anything else to shake you from it. Amen. And so in order for that to happen, you've got to be in the word. You've got to read the word. You've got to spend time in prayer. Spend time seeking God. And he'll answer you. Right? So this is an opportunity for us to grow. The conditioning will always cause you to grow. But here's the thing about growth. You can't grow without changing. It's impossible. I mean, look at you now. You did not look like that, Daniel, 15 years ago. You didn't. I would gather to say you were quite a bit shorter 15 years ago than what you are now. Why? Because Daniel is constantly changing. I'm not picking on you, man. But, I mean, you're con he's constantly growing, changing. We grow and we change personally I know, but too many people are stuck they having trouble changing okay well let me read these lyrics, song lyrics to you maybe this will prove the point better I, how many of you remember Stephen Curtis Chapman wrote a song called The Change years ago okay so here, I want to read the lyrics to you because this, this is what a lot of people maybe define as change but listen to the lyrics I love how he wrote this he said I got myself a t-shirt that says what I believe I've got letters on my bracelet that serve as my ID I got a necklace and a keychain and all and everything a good Christian needs. Yeah, you know, you got to add the yeah in there because it's cool. It's pop. And so anyway, uh, and then he says, I got a little Bible 
magnet on my refrigerator door. I've got a welcome mat to bless you before you walk across my floor. I got a Jesus bumper sticker and the outline of a fish stuck on my car. And even though this stuff's all well and good, yeah, come on, yeah, guys. Oh, thanks. Um, I cannot help but ask myself, think about this. What about the change? What about the difference? What about the grace? What about forgiveness? What about a life that's showing I'm undergoing the change? Man, I saw a bumper sticker. It said, change is inevitable except from a vending machine. But you are not a vending machine. Look at your neighbor say, you are not a vending machine. Look at your neighbor and say, you can change. You can change. Man, Phil, I just, man, I struggle in the morning. I try to get up and read my Bible and I fall asleep, you know, or I don't remember what I, what I read. Hey, man, don't give up. Keep going. I get up and pray in the morning. I, I don't like to. My body fights it. I don't want to get up because oftentimes it's in the middle of the night. Most nights, isn't it, honey? It's in the middle of the night. I, I've got better things to do like sleep. And I get up and I, and I feel the spirit tugging on my heart saying, Phil, get up and pray. Get up and pray. And you know what I have to do? Because the first few times I did it, I just fell asleep. Sat on the couch to pray. And before you knew it, I was asleep. But now I have to walk back and forth in my closet. Man, and I, and I just seek God. I begin to pray. God, thank you. Thank you that you had me up in the middle of the night. You had something important to say to my heart, you know. And he begins to speak, you know. And so you can do it. My whole point is you can do it. You can change, can't you? Listen to this statement. Unsuccessful people make decisions based on their current situation. Successful people make decisions based on what they want to be. What do you want for your faith? Are you going to choose to make decisions based on what the Bible said or on what your feelings are telling you, on what the circumstances are trying to dictate to you, right? Change the input, you'll change the output. Let me, let me give you one more food for thought before I move on to the next one. Um, growing up as a teenager, my mom and dad, they were such a blessing because they sent me to camp. Now, not all the camps were wonderful, but later, when I turned into a teenager, you started me sending me to these amazing camps, man, with the Spirit of God was there. And here's what I discovered. You go to this camp, and all week long, you're having Bible study. Bible study in the morning, devos in the morning, right? Afternoon session, night session, right? So you're hearing the Word of God. And then in between, you're having little Bible studies with your group. You get to swim in the pool, you know, in the afternoon and have some fun time, free time. But you're reading your Bible all week long. Well, I remember this one camp that I was at, and man, that was the deal, all week long. And then the very last week, um, there were several different youth groups that went there. And I played in the, in the band. I played drums in the band of the youth group, of my youth group. And so our youth group, every youth group did worship uh, each night. Our youth group did the worship the final night. And man, you could, we, I mean, the band, you know, we were, we were playing a song as kids were walking in uh, to the youth meeting that night. And you could just sense it in the air something was about to happen I mean you just it was like man I mean there was just such a presence there and so anyway you know what happened we started our first song first worship song how many of you remember Leon Patilla anybody yeah okay three of you remember Leon okay well we were doing dance children remember that song dance children and we started that song I kid you not 
How many hours was it? Three hours later, we were ending. I mean, the Spirit of God just, just filled that place. And kids were falling out in the Spirit. Kids that, that didn't even like each other were going to the other kid, and they were apologizing. You saw them bawling, crying, and God healing relationships. Why is that happening? Input. Why? You're, you're away from your... We didn't have cell phones back then, so that wasn't an issue. But you're away from the VCR. You're away from the, the tube, big tube TV. You're away from, from the beta machine. How many... You remember the cassette tapes? You're away from all that. And, you, and you're sitting in the presence of God all week long. And by the end of the week, man, His presence was so overwhelming. I mean, you just almost couldn't stand it. I mean, the, the power of God. And I would just, I would go home and I'd think, man, God, I just want to hold on to this. I just want to hold on to this. And I couldn't see why, why the fire would tend to fizzle out when I got back home until I realized I didn't change my input at home. My input was changed for me at camp, but I didn't change my input at home. And I want the Spirit of God to flow in my life and, and His presence to consume me, then I've got to make room for him. I mean, you know, that's a lot of stuff. And we've got to empty out the stuff. So we can hold on to what's important. Amen? Amen. Number two, maintain the attitude of gratitude. Maintain the attitude of gratitude. We were in a... Uh, a I don't want to call it a third world country. It was a developing country. <laughs> okay. And so we were doing a lot of outreach. And we were in this particular city. And I remember I was walking with our director. Who has traveled way more than I have. He has been in, in a lot more countries than I've been in. And we're just walking down this street. And this is a very poor community. And you would just see people in the way that they were living. And he made, an, uh, he made a very interesting statement to me. He said, Phil. He said, how can people live like this? And I thought, I thought about it, and, and, and I just said, I said, you know, I think if, if I grew up like this, and this was all I, would, I knew, I don't think it would bother me. Because I haven't seen better. I haven't experienced more. And I'm conditioned to all I know. Conditioned to all of all that I know. And so I'm saying that to say many times we have the wrong comparison. The tendency is to compare yourself to the richest, the wealthiest, the most talented, the most athletic. But really, we should be comparing on the other end. We should be drawing a comparison to people that don't have what we have. Are not blessed the way that we are blessed. Think about how we're blessed. The nation that we live in. We li the fact that we can come here and we're not under guard and in a basement somewhere hiding out with one page of the Bible to be able to read. Come on. Man, glory to God. So, <clears throat> comparison. That's one thing that will cause a person, if you get your comparison right, it'll cause you to begin to be thankful. Amen? Here's another thing that'll help with Thanksgiving and that's living a life of repentance and humility. Repentance and humility. You recognize that God is the one that got you there. 
He's the one that has caused you to succeed. Let me tell you, you think about it as humans, there's, it wouldn't take much to kill us. <laughs> the physical, it doesn't take much to kill the physical body. I mean, it, it really doesn't. It's the grace of God that keeps us breathing. It's because of him that we've lived as long as we have, that we experience what we experience. And that causes you to be thankful. So turn over to Daniel, Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4, I'm going to go ahead and ask the keys to come. In James chapter 1 verse 17, it says, Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. Man, God is so good. He wants to bless us, doesn't he? But remember in Daniel chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar, God had really blessed Nebuchadnezzar. He had caused him to prosper. Nebuchadnezzar had laid siege to all these nations, and God had raised him up, and he was being blessed. And as long as he gave credit to God, everything was good. But the day came, he was out on his balcony, and he was looking across his vast kingdom. And, and in his heart, he said, look at what my hands have built. Hmm. Well, look at, look at 4, look at verse 31. Look at what happened. It says, and while, in verse 31, it says, And while the words were still in his mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken that the kingdom has departed from you. And you shall be driven from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat like grass, eat, or eat grass like oxen. Seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules the kingdoms of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. God gives it to whomever he chooses. This will help you be thankful. Amen? So this is an important principle. Be quick to give God the credit. Billy Joe Doherty was pastor. He was the pastor I was talking about that, that went home to be with the Lord at 57, and I think it was. And um, But I remember, because I, Nicole and I served under him, I worked on staff. I was the first young adults pastor of Victory Church in Tulsa, and and I remember watching Pastor Billy Joe when somebody would give him a compliment. Pastor, that was an amazing word. His response was always the same. He would always say glory to God. He would always give glory automatically to the King, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Always remember where you came from, amen? And do this. Release the debt of unforgiveness. That's a debt you don't want to pay. I got to move on. Last point. Praise your way out. Praise your way out. We underestimate the power of praise. And what praise can do in your situation. You say, well, Phil, you don't understand. You know, when I'm... I was going through this situation, this circumstance, and I just felt like if I raised my hands and praised God that I'd be fake. No, that's not fake. That's faith. That's what it is. You are stepping out and choosing to honor God, to praise God in faith, knowing that your situation is about to change. God's getting ready to do something good in your life. Man. And let me tell you, you need to surround yourself with worship. And I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about just good music, okay? Because there's music, but then there's music that the presence of God inhabits. I was a worship leader for a lot of years. That was all I did. I, I had no idea God was going to call me to pastor. <laughs> I, I, 
In fact, the pastor I was telling you about, Billy Joe, said to me, Phil, you're a pastor. And I thought, man, get behind me, Satan. I don't want anything to do with that. I'm a musician. I'm a worship leader. And, and so anyway, so worship is near and dear to my heart, man. When, when I see Zach get up and I see him lead worship, I mean, it just makes my heart glad. And I rejoice. But, but sometimes when I see that it's just him and it's, and it's amazing Rebecca playing keys and, and maybe a singer or two, I go, man, God, where's the band? Thank you for the band. Thank you for musicians coming. And, but then, and so I'd talk to Zach because, you know, I'd meet musicians. And so, you know, his dad, I'll, 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 I'll slip into recruit mode. You know, I get find a musician. Hey. And I was talking to Zach about it one time because I was a little, you know, I was, my recruiting wasn't going very well. <laughs> didn't have any sales, you know. I didn't <laughs> recruit anybody. And, uh, and I was talking to Zach about it and said, and Zach said, Dad, we don't just need talented musicians. We don't just need a drummer. We don't just need a bass player. We don't just need a guitar player. We need the anointing. That's what we need in our lives. That's what you need. You need the anointing of God in your own life. When you're believing God for a situation to change, Man, begin to praise Him. You say, Phil, I don't feel like praising Him. That's why it's a great idea to begin to praise Him. You know, you don't feel like telling your spouse that you love Him either. But it's a good idea to tell Him. Whether you feel like it or not, honey, I love you. Man, and are you ever done saying I love you? Uh, You know, I was listening to Zach this morning when he said what he said about, we're just, you know, we're coming to God because we love Him. Man, God is never done hearing I love you. <laughs> I'm okay. It's all right. Chain. Praise will change your environment around you. It'll change your situation. Think about Saul. Remember David? David was anointed, man. This red-haired, freckle-faced guitar player, man. Sit down. And would play. I can think what I want to think, okay? I know it wasn't a guitar, but he, he invented a lot of stringed instruments. Might, have, might as well have been a guitar. But here he is playing. And what happens to Saul? That, that evil spirit leaves. Why? Because the anointing. Man, that's so powerful. Oh, thank you, Lord. Okay, so I want to end with this. This just, man, this just got me. We praise God because we love him. Because we're so in love with him. I love my wife, and so I want to give to her constantly. You know, I love my kids, and so I love to give to them. So I had this happen the other day. I was, I was eating an apple, and we had two dogs in our house. And the dogs always can tell when I get an apple out of the refrigerator because there's a bag that we have it in, and you take the apple out, and they can hear it. And so they come running because I always, when I finish my apple, I give them the core. You know, and they love to eat it. Well, there's two of them, so I'll split it in half and give each dog a core. <clears throat> so, so for some reason, Oliver wasn't around, and so Freddie came. Freddie is a uh, golden doodle, and he's pretty big, 50-plus pounds. But, and so he comes, and he sits down in front of me, and I'm sitting in my chair eating my apple. So he is at eye level with me and my apple. And, and he doesn't have his eyes on me. What does he have his eyes on? On the apple. Because it's like you've heard this story before. And so he's, 
And so his eyes are on the apple. And so nobody was around. I'm just sitting in the room myself. And I said, Freddie, I choose not to be offended that the only time you want to, the only reason you want to spend time with me right now is because I'm going to give you my apple. And the Spirit of God spoke to my heart immediately. And he said, and I choose not to be offended because the only time sometimes people want to spend time with me is because I can do something for them. Wow. Would you stand up this morning? Some people, their love for God has been conditioned by what he can do for them and that's a pretty surface level relationship you know you think about a rich father who can do a lot for their kids and if the kids come and and all and they just love on their dad because of what dad can do for them then we would call that child spoiled wouldn't we then how's it any different with us let me tell you God loves you so much He said this in Matthew 6, 33. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Things are a byproduct of love. They'll come. I mean, you don't even have to seek God. God knows what you need better than you do. I'm constantly blown away with the way that God intersects meeting needs with where I am today. I was sitting still the other, uh, about, well, on on the 9th of November. I was sitting still, and I was getting ready to turn left, and another lady was turning left into the parking lot. There was a median on the other side of me, and she was coming this way. And I noticed that she, she took off too early. And I thought, oh, no. And this guy T-boned her. And he spun around, and it threw her into me. And I was just sitting there. And we had had this vehicle for two months. Saved up, saved and saved and saved and saved, because we paid cash, you know, for it. I was all excited. And it needed some love, and I'd given it some love. I'd repaired a lot of things in it. And and here now, it's wrecked. Well, it took them a whole month, but they finally determined and found that the unibody had been bent. And so at that, they said, well, we're, we're just, we're just going to have to total it. And so I was just believing God for enough money plus what I had saved again to be able to buy something else because we need another vehicle for Nicole. And, <clears throat> and so the person called me and they said, oh, by the way, um, you know, this plus this and tax and, and plus, you know, we're going to give you car rental and and, and, and these other things. And do you know, it was, it was a lot more than I paid for her first vehicle. And then I said, well, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to, because I'm a shopper. I don't know. I don't know if guy, there's other guys out there that like to shop, but I, I enjoy it. I, said, I love going to the store with my wife and looking around, you know, seeing the deals that are out there and well, I can slip into shopping mode pretty quick, especially on a vehicle. So, I mean, man, I was just, I was looking, 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 and I was getting tired of looking already. I said, God, I want, I want what you want, have what you have for me. And, 
he, he took me to the exact vehicle that we had before. Same color, same year, half the miles. And I didn't have to go shop for it. It said vision. <laughs> okay, I know I'm not moved by signs, but if you are, there's a sign for you. <clears throat> so anyway, so here's my point. I believe that many of you are believing God for something right now. <clears throat> you've been believing God. You've been standing in faith. You know, you've allowed yourself to be moved by circumstances, by, by situations, by challenges. <clears throat> Listen, all a challenge is is an opportunity for God to overcome it. All it is is an opportunity for God to show himself faithful to you. Thanks so much for listening. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Vision Church, vision for life.